ships a cakewalk. If we're behind them, never mind, we'll fight and fight and kill the good old colony. Welcome to One-Eyed Tigers and Pies. This is the podcast where we talk about all things AFLW, so long as it involves Richmond or Collingwood. I'm Tony, and I'm a One-Eyed Richmond fan. And I'm Alexandra, and I'm a One-Eyed Collingwood fan. Nice to see you again, Tony. Yeah, you too, Alexandra. And as I seem to be saying quite regularly at the start, what a great weekend of football we had. It was a great weekend of football. What a way to finish off the home and away season. Well, yeah, it would have been better if Collingwood had won. But um, apart from that, there was a lot of good games, a lot of teams mixing it up. That's right. There were, there were tons of close ones I saw. Uh, North beat Dockers by a point, and that influenced the outcome of finals. Melbourne snuck in by two over the Lions, which again influenced the outcome of the finals. And then Carlton beat the Giants by one, and no one cares. <laughs> The Carlton's, Carlton and the Giants supporters probably care. They probably do. And look, at the start of the round, there was a mathematical chance of Carlton making the uh, finals, so maybe they were actually paying attention. And although the Collingwood-Adelaide game wasn't close, if Collingwood had kicked another goal, it still lost, but it kicked another goal, that would have changed the ladder position and put them ahead of Brisbane. Right, and that would have changed who you played this week, would it? Yes, it would have meant we'd got the week off instead of Brisbane. Right. Okay, well, I guess we can discuss that in a bit of detail looking forward. Look, I'd also like to call out a couple of people who will be retiring at the end of the season who have been around AFLW for the entire time AFLW has been around. So Katie Lyons and Alison Downey uh, both made their debut in the first ever game. I believe you were there. I was indeed there. I've got to, I've got to say that I don't actually remember Katie Loins and Alison Downey from that day because I was too busy trying to learn the names of the Collingwood players. Now, absolutely fair enough. And let's face it, they're Carlton players, so I understand why you wouldn't care. But we should just recognise uh, when some of the originals have now decided to hang up the boots. Yep, good on them. And Darcy Vessio uh, last week made her the all-time AFLW top goal goal kicker. So she now has kicked more goals in AFLW than anybody else. Uh, that is awesome. I think she took over from Erin Phillips, possibly. Yes, that sounds right. And so Erin Phillips may take it back again. Maybe <laughs> so. Uh, but it was also a fantastic contest at the top of the goal-kicking ladder where coming into that round, Carlton game, there were a bunch of people all on 14 goals. So Gemma Horton was on there, Katie Brennan and someone else. And Darcy Vessio managed to snag a couple and win the season, which was awesome. Yeah. Good on her. All right. Well, should we get into the uh, should we get into the business, the recap? Okay. Um, well, if you're ready to to, you know, face up to the music, then please go ahead and tell us how Collingwood did. Well, we lost. It's very sad. We've actually lost two of our last three games, which given we won our first Six. Yeah, that sounds right. Six. But if one half was six, then we've lost two of the last three. That's a little bit, um, a little bit worrying. Uh, it was actually the same thing. We were playing Adelaide, and it's exactly the same thing as Brisbane did to us two weeks ago. They stopped us playing our game. I honestly have no idea what went wrong. The TV coverage is stupid. Um, couldn't even see the ball most of the time because we were focusing on other things. So I have no idea what went wrong, um, but we were not able to play our game and, and uh, Adelaide were doing it better than us. As a stats person, you would appreciate this. Um, the stats were remarkably even. 
at least for the very few stats that they report on, and we'll talk about this a little bit later in the rant, but Collingwood had more disposals and more clearances and the Crows had more inside 50s, marks inside 50s and contested possessions, but nobody had very many more of anything. Like it was just it was just 50-50 most of the way across the board for all of them, but it just didn't feel like that when you were watching the game. I, I, I can see that. I think a lot of the stats that people report on aren't necessarily relevant to whether or not people win a game. And I know there is a huge set of statistics that are kept by the AFL clubs and they're not actually released to the general public. And I believe that a lot of the time, I'm sure you've been out at quarter time and three-quarter time and seen the boards they hold up. Some of the stats they're showing there are not stats that are available to the general public, but they actually matter to the teams because they're far more, far better predictors of whether a team wins or loses. Yeah, and and more relevant to their specific game plan rather than just an overall count of possessions or whatever. And it's absolutely true. Possessions really mean nothing. Uh, possessions that give it to another one of your team players in a good position where they can go on and score, what, that they're really, really valuable. But a 15-metre kick in the back line to the pocket probably does nothing. Unless that's part of the game plan. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so our midfield actually had quite a lot of possessions um, and were not they weren't taken out of it in the same way that like that Bree was in the Brisbane game um, but just weren't able to put weren't able to string it together and have impact the way that they have in the past so it's not an ideal way to go into finals if we had like I said if we'd won we'd have finished top of the ladder if we'd lost in a close game, we would have finished second and finished ahead of Brisbane and that would have meant we'd have the week off. I'm not actually convinced that a week off is a good thing in a nine-week season. A week off when you have had a long, hard journey and you have some injured players and you need to rest, that makes sense. But yeah, nine weeks is not that long. No, it's not that long and I, I'm actually happy enough that we will, uh, we will play this weekend. We'll bounce back and... How cool are finals? Yeah, and I guess the other part is if you're not actually in as great a form as you'd hoped, it's a chance to actually play yourself back into form prior to the really serious games. Absolutely. So that was Collingwood. That's all I want to say about it. Let's not let's not dwell too much on it. We'll 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 talk about finals, which we're playing next week. How's Richmond going? Well, we're not going to be talking about finals, unfortunately. However, once again, I feel like you're disappointed uh, and playing finals and I'm kind of happy you're not playing finals. So clearly we started from pretty different expectation points. Yes, indeed. So I hear that Richmond played a game of football. I wasn't able to watch. That was pretty annoying. Once again, this was a really stupid time for a game. It uh, was, I think, four or five o'clock on a Friday afternoon, which of course meant that over here in the West, that's three hours' time difference. I'm at work. I can't watch that game. It was really dumb and I didn't realise it. I'd presumed that I couldn't go because I had my cricket presentation night on. I actually could have gone. The game was over, but I was listening to it or watching the stats in the Uber on the way to the, the presentation night. I could have gone. Still a stupid time for a game. Absolutely. Having said that, I have done some in-depth analysis of the footage that was actually available. Uh, I would say we didn't win. We were competitive. We absolutely got jumped at the start and the doggies took us apart in the first half, but we came back and, and fought out pretty well. 
Highlights, well, Ellie McKenzie took an absolute screamer. Did you see it? Wasn't it amazing? Oh, my God, she's she's a legend. That was brilliant. That was such a great mark. So uh, hopefully she can do more of those, preferably, you know, directly in front of goal rather than yeah, in defence. Absolute highlight. Look, other highlights, uh, Korda, again, I think I've mentioned her most weeks, but she was very, very good down back under I would say a lot of pressure because our midfield got roundly beaten. Uh, Conti actually got tagged, uh, just eight possessions in the first half and no real surprise there that the doggies were all over us in the first half when Conti wasn't getting hold of the ball. But she came back into it in the second half. She came back into it in the second half a bit, got more of the ball and we came back. But I think it does highlight something we'll probably I'll talk about as uh, maybe I do a season review in future. Uh, our reliance on Conti to play well doesn't bode well for being a consistent team. No, but then you have you have young midfielders who can come up, who can improve. That, that's right. And Ellie McKenzie, obviously, being one of those we're looking for. Uh, other things I want to call out, uh, Dempsey had another good game. I've mentioned her first time a couple of weeks ago. Molin was probably her best game as well, just got to good positions. And a special shout-out to KB, just... What a great season. As as I mentioned before, 14 goals is fantastic. We tried to move her to the midfield in last year and, and I don't think she was a midfielder, but she's quite clearly a brilliant forward and should play there. Excellent. Overall, I would say happy with the improvement where we've come from. It was awesome to see some wins. Uh, overall, we still need to improve pretty much everywhere on the field. Uh, and I think my proposal is while you get to talk about Collingwood's games, I was going to propose that perhaps for the future podcasts, I could talk a little bit about what Richmond needs to do to get up and be playing in finals. Cool. I like that for an idea. Can I just hark back to the very first podcast for this year, or maybe the second podcast where we were reviewing Richmond's first game and you said, look, they've improved, but everyone else has improved more. And I feel like over the course of the season, it's become clear that Richmond has improved more than all of the other um, all of the other expansion teams. Like you've actually finished in a reasonably good position. I, I would go so far as to say we've improved the most of all of the clubs from where yeah. we were, which is which yeah. is a fantastic achievement. And I called it wrong in the first part. I was. Too pessimistic. Which is fair enough, given what you'd come from, like never having had a win before. <laughs> but, but now having seen that, I do still think there is a big gap to the top teams to, for us to, to bridge. We would need to improve by the same amount next year to be any sort of ability to make finals. There's still a big gap. Yes, there is. I, I don't think there's any doubt that the best teams made finals this, this year. Like it, it feels like quite a big gap. So, yeah, it'd be good to hear hear your thoughts on Richmond and what they knew, need to do to get better, but I do just want to don't, don't be too hard on them. You have improved a lot. Okay, well, I won't be too hard on them. We'll get back to that next week. Moving on then from Richmond, it's time for my favourite segment, Alexandra's Rant. How oh. are things this week? Oh, well, I have, I, have a, I have a big rant this week. It's awesome. Not a, it's not a single rant. This is a list of things that happened this week that show where the AFL's priorities are. And spoiler, the AFL's priorities are not in women's football. Anyone who's been listening to the podcast, this should not be a shock. <laughs> no. 
Uh, feel free to contribute, Tone. I'm sure you've noticed some things of your own. I'm going to start with COVID. The Brisbane women's team flew home from Melbourne on Sunday. Also on Sunday, the Brisbane men's team got pulled off the bus and told to stay in Melbourne to give the AFL options about next week, given the COVID situation up in Brisbane. So I just want to remind you that it's round three in the AFL-M next week and it's finals for the AFLW and Brisbane was going to be playing in finals. Like there's no two ways about it. They're playing in finals and had Collingwood kicked one more goal, they would have been playing this week. But clearly we don't need options for the women's team. It just shows they didn't even think about it. I guarantee you that wasn't even a conversation that crossed their mind. Nope, nope, nope. Media is my next topic. The Herald Sun had 10 pages of AFLM write-ups celebrating round two, and some of them were puff pieces. This is not all just game reports or anything like that. They're just stupid what someone's doing on Easter, planning to do for Easter with their puppy or something. I made that up. But you know what I mean? Puff pieces, not actual news. And then there was one mention of AFLW 11 pages in noting that the Ds had made the finals. Wow, that's great. I'm really pleased that the AFLW made it in there. No, I'm not. That's fucking appalling. Seriously. How annoying there also is the hashtag footies back everywhere. Oh, my God, I hate that so much. I really, really hate that. I did rant about that the other week, didn't I? So we probably can't do too much about it. Um, Can I just mention thanks to Ayla Dodson on the Facebook AFLW fans community for that piece of information about the Herald Sun that made me very angry. I don't actually get the Herald Sun, so I wouldn't know, but um, there was a lot of us on that page ranting about that after she put it up. Well, thanks, Ayla, for taking the hit and reading the Herald Sun so we don't have to. Well done. While we are on the media, though, there was a media article that really raised my hackles as well, and that was on the ABC site. So that is a site I am actually reading. It was an article that had a headline I read and went, yes, this is right, something I want to read. This is something that's right in my alley. It says the headline is AFLW's blistering last round sets up a tantalising 2021 final series but inequalities remain. It's like, yes, oh, yes, talking about how great the footy is, but there are inequalities. And what they talk about is topic one, I agree with, integrity of the fixture. And then the second one was a lack of a score review is the second biggest problem. You are joking. We have been on and on this podcast about the issues with AFLW because the AFL is not treating women's football seriously. It is not the lack of a score review that is the problem. There are a huge amount. Let's we can go through them. There is the fixturing problems. There is the problem with full time. Oh, sorry, I think we've been all this already. <laughs> there are lots of problems. There are a lot of problems. Score review is not one of the ones that would make my top ten. Exactly. Probably not my top twenty. Oh, calm down. On a linked thing to score reviews, umpiring is one of the things that I think is important that needs to be looked at. And look. I know that the umpires are doing the best that they can, but fundamentally there's a double standard and I genuinely don't know where this is coming from. I don't know if it's top down and they're being told to umpire differently or if it's just a general misogyny that makes them um, umpire the women's game, treat the women differently in their game, but they do. The games are not adjudicated the same way. I I have to agree and since you mentioned that to me, I did go and take a look at the data and... In the Collingwood game, there were 47 free kicks for the game. In the men, 
there were only 43. And these are games that are effectively twice as long and they had less free kicks. Something it's something is fundamentally different about the way these free kicks are being judged. There can't be that many more free kicks in the no, women's game. No, there, there cannot be. And I, I look if anybody's like really academic and would like to actually study this, that'd be really good. Try and find out for us what the drama is, because yeah. At the moment, I'm going with misogyny and the patriarchy, but I'd love to know that there is an actual underlying explanation for it. Well, since we're talking about misogyny and the patriarchy, the timing of games, I mentioned it before, but I missed watching the women's footy. I love watching the Richmond women play. They're awesome. I would absolutely, I'd buy a subscription to whatever service they need. I'm happy to pay for it, but just put it on at a time when we're actually able to watch. Don't move it earlier in the day to avoid clashes. We can handle multiple football games from men's and women's going on at the same time. It's okay. Yeah, we really can. That the timing of the games to avoid um, uh, to avoid clashes with the men is very frustrating. No, put it head to head, and we'll see who's really more popular. Well, the challenge with that is that then they wouldn't put the um, women on the television. So, what? Well, no, the great thing about this weekend is the women are on the TV because uh, Foxtel have got the rights to so many of the games. The Richmond men's game wasn't on free to air. Oh, I would have happily watched the women. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's keep moving through my list. Crowds. AFLM were allowed to go back to 75% capacity at all grounds. The AFLW crowd restrictions stayed the same. See, that's a weird one because that the restrictions on AFLW crowds make no sense because it's not like they're getting 50,000. These, these stadiums only hold, well, Punt Road holds 5,000 at best, right? There is no problem with having full capacity crowds. I know, and I actually do know that there are some other underlying issues around how the rules are built and all that sort of stuff. But the fact is it is discriminatory against the women's game. No question. And lastly, stats. This should be one you're complaining about, not me, and we have mentioned this briefly. I went looking for some data to figure out what happened to Collingwood and there were only 10 team stats available on the AFLW site where you go to the team stats and you look down and there's 10. On the equivalent men's page, there's 28. Yep. So so nearly three times as many stats. I'm with you. I think I, I had a bit of a whinge about their access to stats. It's really difficult to get access to the data, put it into a usable format, but I also know they collect way more data than this. Just let us have it. But at the very least, give us the same as the men, please. Yes. And at an individual player level, um, d- just don't even bother. I d- yes, we have talked about this in the past. Anyway, there's that list list of things. Let me just say COVID, media, ABC subset of media, umpiring, timing of games, crowds, stats. That's six things that happened this weekend that demonstrate the AFL's priority is AFLM and that they are making decisions every day and every minute and in every aspect of the game that are detrimental to the health of women's football. Yes, you are preaching to the converted in this particular choir. That's good then. Let's move on to my favourite segment, Duffy Watch. Keeping an eye on the kick-to-handball ratio of Frio superstar Sabrina Duffy. I love that sting. 
It was another tough day at the office for Sabrina. Obviously, Frio got done by a point, which was pretty tough going. She only had five kicks, two handballs, and didn't trouble the scorers. So it was a pretty tough day up forward. Goodness me, that's no good, Sabrina. Yeah, though, while scanning through the very scant data that was available, though, I did take a look at Ash Riddle for North getting 33 possessions in that game. That is a lot of possessions. That, that's crazy. I can't exactly remember what you talked about five or six podcasts ago when we analysed data, but it feels like 33 is abnormally high. It is abnormally high. So great effort, Ash. Well done, Ash. In terms of possessions, we probably should move on to our other great data points. How did you go at Marby this weekend? We lost. Marby lost this weekend in our practice match. In our defence, we played six quarters, Mm -hmm. and that was okay because we had nine on the bench again, so that was fine. But after three quarters, so at halftime, which is three quarters in, the other team brought out a whole new team. That feels a little unfair. And started warming up. So in our defence, we were run over in the last quarter and I'm not surprised. No problems. Well, were you in front at halftime or level pegging at halftime? No, we were, we were, we were doing better at halftime. I don't think we were ever in front. But, um, Fair enough. Anyway, uh, but I do need to mention Susie's goal because she asked me to and I said, um, we're, we're that type of podcast. If you want us to talk about something, we will. So Susie took a handball receive in the back line, uh, ran it a little way, kicked it on, went to a contest, was scrabbling around for a while. She kept following the ball down, ran down and picked it up out of the contest, ran forward and kicked a goal. That is an awesome achievement. Full length of the field goal, multiple score involvements. Do you get an assist for helping your own goal? I don't know. She should. She definitely should. I'm not actually sure that anybody else had possession of it after she, because <laughs> it was just scrambly, scrambly, scrambly. It was uh, great. Well, so well good done, on Susie. Susie. Good on Marby. And our um, first official game of the season is in, uh, not this weekend, but the one after, after Easter. Oh, well, look forward to report of that one. I'm just going to interrupt this podcast to let you know that Marby is currently recruiting. So if you're a woman and you'd like to play football, please get in touch. And it doesn't matter if you don't have any experience at all. We have two teams. We have one in Premier Division. So if you are experienced, you can slot straight into our Premier team, play alongside Susie, who kicks amazing goals all the time, and some of our other superstars. Alternatively, if you've never played football or have hardly played football or haven't played since you were in Auskick, that's cool as well. Come along down and give it a try and you can play alongside me in the less experienced team where we're just learning all about it and giving it a go and having an absolute ball. And as someone who has literally played two games of football in my life and they were practice matches, it's the best fun you'll ever had. So please do get in touch. Okay, back to the podcast. So this weekend, we have a preview. Um, Well, I have a preview. Collingwood plays North at Victoria Park on Saturday, and we will win. Excellent. Any sort of key uh, position changes you think you're doing to shake it up from last week? No, I just think we'll go out there and play our game and do it better than North. We'll bounce back. We're too good not to bounce back from last week. Mm-hmm. I think you've got too much talent for North. North North have done well, but, yeah, Collingwood definitely look like a, uh, a high-quality side in each of the lines. And I think that's the only t- – oh, no, Frio, Frio's playing because the Bulldogs are out, Richmond's out. 
Yeah, that's right. So Melbourne are playing Frio, but they have to go to Casey Fields. So I do feel sorry for Frio. Not only do they have to fly across the country, they then have to hike a couple of hours out into the country to go to Casey Fields to play Melbourne. Yes, it is one of our favourite grounds. It is a brilliant ground to go watch some footy in the horizontal driving hail and sleet while drinking the, a can of VB. And the ankle-deep ankle mud <laughs> on the ground. Yeah, that's right. It's so bad that you actually have trouble walking across the top of the surface. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so good luck, Freo. Enjoy playing out at Casey Fields. <laughs> Well, for Richmond, it's maybe less exciting. In fact, I imagine their big event of the week probably happened last night. I don't know. Did they do Mad Monday? Yes, I think they do, but I reckon they might have to do it on a weekend because they all work. Ah, valid point. Well, let's look forward to Mad Saturday then. Super Saturday, perhaps, for uh, the women. Take Just go out and enjoy because I'm really proud of the way they played this season, improving out of sight and setting up for a really, really exciting year next year. Fantastic. That looks like it's just about that looks like it's just about it for um for us for the week, Tone. Indeed it is. Thanks for chatting again. Always great fun and certainly fun to have a nice long rant in the middle. Love well, a good rant. Feel well, like we haven't done one like that for a while. I, I feel like we'd been missing that one. Great talking to you, Tone. Go pies! Go tigs! <laughs> <laughs>